Have you looked at the uh, Big 12 basketball rankings lately? I mean, this this league is just unbelievable. You've got half the conference at 7 and 4 or better. Texas leading the way at 8 and 3. You have 7 of 10 teams within two games of each other. Texas 8 and 3 down to Oklahoma State TCU sitting at 6 and 5. It is unbelievable. And uh, it is great to be here with you on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, and uh, we now welcome on and say hello to our lead basketball writer, Matthew Postens, joining us here on the show. Matthew, I mean, Oklahoma State's won four straight, so now they're 6-5. and five, And you're sitting here looking at this league. Seven out of ten teams are within two games of each other with a less than a month left in the season. This is unbelievable. Yeah, this is a tremendous race, and... And, and Oklahoma State is not necessarily a team I pegged to crawl their way back into it. But you look at the standings now, and you know, right now, TCU, you know, going into the weekend, TCU and Oklahoma State are tied now for what amounts to sixth place in the conference. If the Big 12 tournament started today, one of those two teams would be the number seven seed and would play a first-round game against Texas Tech. And that's no gimme, the way Texas Tech plays. So, I mean, yeah, that's how... That's how crazy and how deep this conference is. There really is no bottom. I mean, Texas Tech Wednesday night lost to Oklahoma State, but they gave them a game, and it took a a buzzer-beating putback by John Michael Wright to give Oklahoma State the win. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it is just. I know we said this last year too, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but this is more exciting than last year because last year you knew that Kansas team was one of the best teams in the country. But now I'm looking at it. Here's the difference last year to this year. I thought Kansas could get to a Final Four and then possibly win a championship. I could see Kansas getting to a Final Four. I could also make a case for half this league with the right draw getting to a Final Four. Couldn't you? I could. In fact, I could I could see a scenario where a couple of teams from the Big 12 make it to the Final Four out of this whole thing. I mean, that's how good they are. And when you when you think about the NCAA tournament, just thinking about last year, you know, every Big 12 team won their first round game. And you could have argued that a couple of Big 12 teams should have won their second round game. So when we talk about, you know, eight teams getting in, there's definite potential for six of those teams getting to the Sweet 16 and four of those teams getting to the Elite Eight. So I could see a scenario where, yeah, Kansas or Texas or Kansas State or Baylor could make it to the Final Four. I could also see a scenario where they have company. It's a legitimate scenario as good as this conference is right now. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at something that uh, we wrote about on the site this week, and that is comments from Joe Lenardi, of course, the bracketology expert, saying the Big 12 could be on its way to an unprecedented Noah's Ark situation. Uh, you and I were texting after Lenardi made these comments. Uh, we were both watching the game. I, this was during, what, Big Monday uh, the other yeah. night, and we both saw it live. Uh, so what is Lenardi getting at here with this Noah's Ark situation, as he called it? Well, so what the NCAA Tournament Committee tries to do with conferences that have multiple bids is they try to keep their top four teams in different regions. You know, they, they don't want, say, Kansas and Baylor playing each other in the Sweet 16. They want to try to avoid that situation. They want to try to avoid that situation with the top four seed lines. So basically the top 16 teams that go into the tournament. When we talked on Monday, there were six Big 12 teams in the top 16 seeds, which means the NCAA tournament committee would have had no choice but to put, say, Kansas and TCU in the same region somewhere. And if at that time Kansas was a 
a two, I think, and uh, TCU was a four. So there would have potential for them for the, to have met in the Elite Eight. So that's what he means by this Noah's Ark situation. Too many teams from one conference that are too good. They all have to go on a top four seed line. And some of them may have to face each other in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Now, after TCU lost on Tuesday night, they dropped off the number four seed sign. So that, so that alleviates things a little bit. But there are still five teams from the Big 12 among the top 16 seeds going into the weekend. And TCU could easily play their way back into a top four seed, especially if they get Mike Miles back. So that's what he means by that kind of situation. Too many good teams in the conference that deserve a top four seed, and the committee may be forced to put two of them in the same region. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm looking at this league right now, this Big 12, and to me, uh, you can say Oklahoma State's the hottest team in the conference just based on the fact that they have won four league games in a row. But if there is a team that I don't want to see, especially on their home court right now, it's the West Virginia Mountaineers. They get an upset on Wednesday over Iowa State. And this time they did it, Matthew, without a big game from Eric Stevenson. I mean, we've talked about him. Yeah. He had a couple of career-high games against Auburn. Then he topped that against OU. Eric Stevenson didn't even get double digits on Wednesday and the Mountaineers found a way to pull off a top 15 upset. What is clicking right now for Bill Self? Excuse me, for Bob well, Huggins. Yeah, let's not get Bob and Bill confused. I don't know who's going to be more upset about that. Bill that I called him Bob or Bob that I called him Bill? Uh, but, you know, I think they've won five of their last seven. That includes the Auburn win at home in the, in the SEC Challenge. And, you know, I think what it's really come down to for them is, number one, the chemistry is better. They just seem to be playing better as a group. Um, two, their defense has gotten much better over the last month. Um, they haven't had to resort to the zone defense. It seems like Baylor and Iowa State have. Iowa State played some zone the other night, which I was just stunned by. I don't think I've seen them play zone all year. And, you know, players like Kedrian Johnson, Joe Toussaint, um, uh, Emmett Matthews Jr., um, you know, Jimmy Bell, they're all clicking at the right time now, like you said. You know, this is the point in the season when you really want the chemistry for your team to start coming together as you get closer to March. And, and all the pieces are finally starting to fit together. You know, Bob said something on his uh, radio show last week about there not necessarily being a leader on this team. And I think, I think what he meant by that was he's got a bunch of guys that are starting to, to feel like they're leaders. And, you know, in a situation like this where you don't have a clear, you know, alpha dog, I think Eric Stevenson's probably the closest thing to have to that. It's good to have several guys in your team that feel like they can lead. I mean, you saw it Wednesday night when Stevenson got into foul trouble, got banged up in the first half, other guys stepped up, not just from a point standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint, too. So it's all kind of collectively coming together at the right time. This is the, the team Bob said he had in January, and it's, it's just taken a month for them to finally come around. Yeah. Now, what about the missed opportunity for Iowa State? I mean, if they had won that game, they're right there at 8-3 and three in league play with Texas at the top of the standings. I know, you know you felt as of late that this was the best team in the Big 12 Conference, but they've now dropped three of their past four games, Missouri, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. They've got the big win over Kansas in the mix from last Saturday, but uh, how concerned now should Cyclones fans be based on how these last couple of weeks have gone? Yeah, I, I think you got to be concerned about it a little bit, especially when you, you think about the fact that you're losing to um, you've lost road games, and you've lost road games to teams that are at the bottom of the standings of the conference. Those are games that, you know, you're not necessarily going to win all of your road games in a conference like this. But when you're playing the 
the team with the worst league record and you're playing a team that had three conference wins going into the game, that you at least expect to split those games. I, it, it's hard for me to put my finger on it because I, I feel like Iowa State's playing the way they should be playing. Um, the fact that they went to a zone defense against West Virginia maybe tells me that maybe they're not playing man right now at the standard that T.J. Alselberger wants from a defensive standpoint. Maybe they need to go back you know, to the basics a little bit on their man-to-man defense because you, you can't win in this conference if you can't play quality man-to-man defense. And they allowed West Virginia to shoot better than 50% on Wednesday night. So I think if anything, they just maybe need a little fine-tuning on the defensive side. Remember, they also got Al Koontz back from injury last weekend. He's still working his way into the lineup. And when you try to integrate a new player who's been gone for a month, that takes time to do as well. Yeah, um, that is true. I, I just, you know, I wonder, I'm not saying this is last year's team, but we now potentially do have two straight years under coach shots of a team potentially fading in the second half of the season. Do you think it's too early to have that conversation? Uh, I don't know. We've got seven games left. And the thing is, this conference is such a grind. I mean, I was thinking that way about Kansas State, you know, about a week ago because they were going through a little bit of a valley. Uh, and then they get a big win at home against TCU, uh, you know, going into their weekend games. So, you know, every team has peaks and valleys. We talked about Kansas a few weeks ago. They lost three games in a row, and, and we were all just like, what in the world was happening with Kansas? And now they seem to have righted the ship to some degree. It's, it's such a grind, and it's so hard to stay focused from game to game, especially when you go on the road. Um that, you know, you have teams like Iowa State who, who dropped three out of four. You know, West Virginia, a month ago, we thought they were left for dead. Now they won five of their last seven. That's what that's what makes this conference so interesting, is that just when you feel like you've got a team figured out, just when you feel like you have a team, okay, they're the best team. Okay, they're the best team. Like, we've talked about who the best team in the conference is the last two weeks, and I've given you a team the last two weeks. Well, they went out and promptly lost, so maybe I just need to stop. Or, or just pick a team that needs to lose and tell them they're the best team. In the yeah, well, I was going to say, there's, there's, there's nine <laughs> fan bases that would be happy for you to pick another team to be the best team <laughs> in the Big 12 this week. So, I mean, you want to make the case for Texas, or who do you want to make it for? Oh, man. it's. I was really kind of surprised that, that Kansas was able to handle Texas the way they were able to handle them at home. I mean, granted, it ended up being a close game, but when you – when you think about the the fact that Jalen Wilson had four points in that game and everybody else in that team stepped up, that was one of the most impressive performances of the week to me. The, the way that everybody else in that team stepped up when Jalen Wilson wasn't having a good game. Uh, I don't necessarily think that makes them the best team in the conference right now. I think I've got to give it to Texas just because they're eight and three. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I've got to default to the overall conference record. The fact that they've won games on the road, that they've been, you know, I think almost invincible at home this year, just looking at their home record. I think they're they're four and one in conference, thirteen one overall at home. I mean it's it's a it's a feat to beat them at home and Kansas State is the one team that's done it. You know, I, I but everybody has concerns too, you know, with Texas I'm a little bit concerned that Tyrese Hunter isn't playing the way I think we thought he was going to be playing, you know, going into the season. He has not been that lead dog type of player that we thought he'd be if he had stayed at Iowa State this year. So I think that's an interesting development that he just hasn't been playing, you know, the way that I think everybody thought he would play. So I'm going to say Texas this week, and I guess that 
that's good news for uh, let's see who's Texas playing West Virginia. It's great news for West Virginia. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's Texas right. is the best team in the conference. Great news for Bob Huggins. That is right. That is very true. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo, owner at Heartland College Sports. So, are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? You are, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Has all the Super Bowl action you need, and new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern time and see what the prop bet will be and how it's going to be boosted. So I'm fired up. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm in Kansas City. I cannot wait for the game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code HCS for Heartland College Sports. New customers bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code HCS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Uh, the guys at the bottom, Mark Adams, Porter Moser, when you look at, um, you know, the seasons they are having, it's obvious at this point neither team is going to make the NCAA tournament, and frankly, nor should it. I know this league's a grind, but still, I, you got to start winning some games here. They're not doing it. Uh, we were just talking a couple of weeks ago about Porter Moser being in the mix for Notre Dame. I mean, what is that now just a, not even a conversation, a moot point? Or I, I don't know. I just wonder, like, the OU fan base just doesn't go to basketball games. Like, it is it is bad. I mean, they showed up to that Alabama game, and they had a little bit of juice after that. But that that's a tough place to really get full support when you're in the shadows of the football program. What do you think that's all about and what's going on there? Well, I, I think from a team standpoint, I just, you know, think I, I think out of, outside of Grant Shurfield that they don't really have consistent offense from anybody else. I mean, Tanner Groves is a nice player. And they had that huge game for Eastern Washington when they played Kansas a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But at this level, he's just a he's a nice power forward who's going to get you 12 points and eight rebounds a game. He he's not necessarily a game changer. Um, outside of Grant Shurfield, they really don't have anybody else that I think is a game changer offensively. They're a really good defensive team. They play defense very well. But when they're playing teams like Kansas and Baylor um, and and teams like that. Uh, everything kind of has to work perfectly. I mean, last night they had a chance to beat, or Wednesday night they had a chance to beat Baylor. You know, they they were in that game until about the final five minutes of the game. But, you know, they 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 had turnovers, they had uh, defensive breakdowns, and, and they just got to the end of the game and couldn't put it together. Um, I don't necessarily think Porter Moser is necessarily a candidate for the Notre Dame job unless that's just something he's really interested in and they're really interested in him. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily a candidate to get let go after two years either, but I think he's going to have to show either through recruiting or through the transfer portal that he can start bringing in the type of quality high-level athletes that a program like Oklahoma needs to be competitive in this conference. Long Kruger did it. You know, Long Kruger took him to a Final Four several years ago. You know that well. Uh, Villanova was in that Final Four that year. Uh, He's been able to recruit high-level athletes like uh, uh, Buddy Heald and, um, and Trey Young. So it can be done. Uh, but Porter Moser has to prove he can do it. Yeah. Texas Tech, Mark Adams, uh, he's he's getting more heat than I expected uh, from Tech fans that I hear from. Is it mm-hmm. fair? Yeah. Is it warranted? Does it mean anything? Or is this just going to be a year where they say, hey, wasn't our year, hit the reset button, see what next season brings? 
I think it means that that fanboy, fan base is now has expectations. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they probably didn't have expectations, even under Bobby Knight. I mean, you know, as good a coach as Bobby Knight was, I, 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 he was not as successful as I thought he would be at Texas Tech. Uh, Chris Beard elevated the stature of that program. He gave them expectations. He took them to a national championship game. Uh, Mark Adams inherited those expectations. And I, I don't think he shies away from them, but I think with the injuries to two players that he expected to be heavy contributors, Fardaz Amak and uh, Pop Isaacs, combined with the fact that, again, you know, really Kevin Obinor, or Banner is really the only high-level offensive performer on that team right now. You know, Devian Harmon's solid and gives them the occasional big game, same with Jalen Tyson, uh, and he's a guy they'll have for a few more years, so he can he can become a real lead contributor for them. But, you know, Kevin, Kevin O'Banner is the one guy who's consistently high level every single night, so they have kind of the same problem that Oklahoma does. They just don't have enough offense, enough consistent high-level offense to be competitive in this conference, and yet practically every team they play, they push. And, and that's just it just goes to show you that, you know, even though Mark Adams doesn't have a full deck, he's doing a really good job of getting everything he can out of what he has. Yeah. I, I can't see a situation where anything happens there. I mean, even if they go 1-17, I don't know. No, I mean, I you, it's, so. it's the second year. I just I don't think he'd do that. He was on the staff with Beard. He's not going anywhere, right? No, he's not. And, and he's an alum, too. And, and he went there, and everybody knows he wants to be there. I think... Yeah, I think fans have been somewhat hard on him on Twitter, but I think at the end of the day, I think they understand that he's a he's a really good head coach. Uh, he's going to get a little bit of rope. Um, Tech is still a place where recruits are interested in going to because of you know what happened during the Chris Beard era, and you know again Adams's experience as a junior college head coach, you know it's very possible he could turn things around like a switch next year. And you know there's seven games left. I mean. There is this other postseason tournament. It's called the NIT. And if you're a team like Tech or Oklahoma, all you really have to have is a winning record to get in. And they could get a few games there and get a head start on next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're both sitting there at 12-12 and 12 overall. So OU and Texas Tech are both 12-12 and 12 overall. So it's not it's not a crazy thought, uh, certainly. Yeah. To, you're right. Get above that 500 mark with, what, uh, seven games left. If you go 4-3 and three down the stretch... Why the heck not? If you go three and five, but maybe yeah. you win a game or two in the Big Twelve tournament, shock the world up in Kansas City. It's it's all it's all right in front of them. To your point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, their their net ratings are still so good, you know, along with their Ken Palm rating that you know the NIT is going to consider them if they don't get into the NCAA tournament as long as they have a winning record. Yeah. Um, so uh, this weekend got a good slate of games. Now there's technically only one ranked matchup, and that's in Fort Worth between TCU and Baylor. Uh, and there's intrigue around that game for a lot of reasons. But to me, I mean, you can make a case for any of these games being the most interesting games of the weekend. You're going to be in Stillwater this weekend, Matthew, for uh, Big 12 women's hoops between Oklahoma State and uh, Baylor. So that's going to be a good matchup and fun game to follow. But for the men's side of things, I am most intrigued this weekend of all these matchups, not in the top 25 game, but I am most intrigued by West Virginia going on the road to fifth-ranked Texas because of how well Bob Huggins' team is playing right now, as we talked about earlier, and because, you know, if Texas loses, you could – I mean, it's, it's conceivable, Matthew. We start next week with potentially a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 with three weeks left. So 
I, just as a Big 12 guy that wants to see a little bit more chaos, I'm all in on a five-way tie in the Big 12 conference atop the standings. So I'm taking that game as my most intriguing this weekend. What about you? Yeah, and, and that chaos could absolutely happen if Texas loses. You know, Kansas wins, Baylor wins, Iowa State wins, Kansas State wins. Yep. They're all not playing each other, fortunately. Yep. Yeah, you could have a five-way tie at the top, and I think uh, Brett Yormark and his basketball committee would probably be tearing their hair out <laughs> trying to figure out what the tiebreakers are. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game up in Ames is intriguing because I imagine Iowa State is a little hacked off about losing to Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago down in Stillwater. Um, they've got to get right to, as we pointed out, they've lost three of their last four. Um, so it, it's time for, for Iowa State. This is a prime opportunity for Iowa State to get right. Uh, it's a, a, an evening game uh, in Ames. They'll have a big crowd. Uh, they've got a hot team coming in. Uh, that, to me, is a, a game where I'm interested to see what Iowa State's reaction is because you know Oklahoma State's not a team you can take lightly at this point. Yeah, that'll be a good one as well, and you're right. I mean, if, if Otts wants to slow down that second-half slide, Saturday's the time to do it and stopping a uh, red-hot Oklahoma State team. He is Matthew Postens, our lead basketball writer here on the show. Always good to have him on. Matthew, enjoy the games this weekend. Once again, he's going to Stillwater uh, to cover the women's basketball game between Oklahoma State and Baylor. So he'll be up at Gallagher Iba Arena. We'll be following along on the site, and we will talk to you soon, my man. Thanks for being here. Hey, you bet. And don't forget about our friends at DraftKings with our promo code HCS. And, hey, if you like the show, and I hope you did, you've gotten this far, take 30 seconds out. Leave me a rating, review, subscribe. It helps us grow the show every single week, and we'll get you a free Heartland College sports koozie when you leave that rating and review and subscribe. How do you do that? Send me a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you all hooked up with that Heartland College Sports koozie. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon.